the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a ring of truth that is unmistakable Knowing that you cannot find them all And if you listen carefully And sometimes even if you don't You can hear that sound Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. We see in the Bible where God sometimes heals a person just just sovereignly. We see that in the Gospels where uh, there's times where Jesus speaks a word and he's not even in the same town as the person who is sick and the person is healed. And he's not, Jesus isn't even there present with them. Jesus just speaks the word and just sovereignly they're healed. But what this shows us here, and I think this is important, this shows us that God can also use medicine to heal people. Many of us have prayed our fair share when it comes to the desire for loved ones to be healed, be it friend, family member, or fellow believer. While some of us could give testimonies of healing taking place right on the spot, Others are often skeptical if medicine is involved. However, as Pastor Dan will teach you in his message today, just because modern medicine was involved doesn't mean God wasn't working behind the scenes. In his study, you'll learn how God can work both independently and through the hands and minds of physicians. And now open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 38, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of ring of truth. Whatever this sickness is or this disease that he has, it is ravaging his body. He says, it's like a lion attacking him. He breaks all my bones. It's tearing apart his body. From day until night, you make an end of me. Like a crane or swallow, so I chattered. Now, one, one commentary said, no bird is more noisy than a crane. He's just chattering, just talking throughout the night. I mourn like a dove. You know what that sounds like. You've heard a dove mourn, usually very early in the morning. So Hezekiah is groaning continually in his suffering. He's, he's in pain. He's, he's chattering. He's crying out to God all the time through this. My eyes fail from looking upward. He's, he's praying, you know, asking God to heal him. But God doesn't heal him. And then finally, God sends the prophet Isaiah, and the prophet Isaiah tells him, you're going to die. You're not going to live. That's, he, was, he wants an answer from God, and he gets an answer. It's not the answer he's looking for. Sometimes God doesn't give us the answer we want. Sometimes we pray for someone to live or to be healed or to be cured. And that's not the answer we get. Oh Lord, I am oppressed. You know, just the oppression of 
impending death, undertake for me. Now God answers his prayer. Verse 15. What shall I say? He has both spoken to me and he himself has done it. He was looking for God to do something and God has done something. He has done it. He answered his prayer. He extended his life. And now all Hezekiah can do is praise the Lord for it, for what he's done. And then he says, I shall walk carefully all my years in the bitterness of my soul. He, he says here, you know, be, because of, of what he's experienced and the anguish and facing death and almost dying and thinking that he's going to die, but now God has is, is given him life now and extended his life and it's, it's as if he's on borrowed time, as we say. Now he says, because of that, I'm going to walk carefully for the rest of my life. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be deliberate in the way I live. I'm going to live deliberately. Uh, in Ephesians 5, it tells us to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. And that's kind of Hezekiah's mindset here. I'm, I'm going to walk circumspectly. I'm not going to waste any day. I'm going to treat every day like it's a gift from the Lord, because I know how it feels to not have any more days left. To think that you're at the end. And man, I, this is, it's like I've won the lottery now. And so I'm, I'm just going to live every day carefully and deliberately. See, this, this near-death experience has given Hezekiah perspective on the remaining days of his life. And he's going to make every day count now from here on out. He says, O Lord, by these things men live, and in all these things is the life of my spirit so you will restore me and make me live. Hezekiah acknowledges it was the Lord who restored him. It was the Lord who restored his life and allowed him to live. Indeed, it was for my own peace that I had great bitterness, but you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. Now we can all say verse 17 is true for all of us, that the Lord has lovingly delivered our souls from the pit of death, and He has cast all of our sins behind His back. That's true for all of us because of Jesus. He has delivered us from the grave. He has given us eternal life, and He has cast all of our sins behind His back, and He remembers our sins no more through the blood of Jesus Christ. For Sheol, the grave, cannot thank you. Death cannot praise you. Those who go down to the pit, down to the grave, they cannot hope for your truth. Again, he doesn't know about the resurrection like we do. The living, the living man, he shall praise you as I do this day. Now look at the end of verse 19. The Father shall make known your truth to the children. The Father shall make known your truth to the children. It's the Father's job to teach His children about God, God's truth, God's Word. Now, if there's not a father in the home, or the father's not a believer, there's grace for that. But in a home where the father is a believer, it's the Father's job it's the Father's responsibility 
teaches children about God and about the truth of God. The Lord was ready to save me, therefore we will sing my songs with stringed instruments on guitars. (laughs) They didn't have guitars back then, but... All the days of our life in the house of the Lord. Hezekiah says here, you know, I'm going to sing my songs of praise to the Lord every day of my life because the Lord has healed me. I'm just going to praise the Lord. You know, he's, he's got like this little revival going on because the Lord has delivered him. And he, I'm just going to praise the Lord for the rest of my life because he's healed me. You know, in the Psalms, in Psalm 30, Verse 11, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. In Psalm 145, verse 2, every day I will bless you. And I will praise your name forever and ever. And that's what Hezekiah says. Every day I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to sing praises to him. These songs that I've written to him, praising him. I'm going to play on my stringed instrument and just worship him. Now Isaiah the prophet had said, verse 21, Let them take a lump of figs and apply it as an ointment on the boil, and he shall recover. And so... Uh, they, they made some kind of medication out of figs, and the Lord said, apply the fig medication, uh, this fig ointment, to the boil. Again, whatever that was, was it, whether it was a tumor or maybe it had some kind of abscess that, that was infected, we don't know. But apply it, and Hezekiah will recover. Now, we see in the Bible where God sometimes heals a person just just sovereignly. We see that in the Gospels where uh, there's times where Jesus speaks a word and he's not even in the same town as the person who is sick and the person is healed. And he's not. Jesus isn't even there present with them. And Jesus just speaks the word and just sovereignly they're healed. But what this shows us here, and I think this is important, this shows us that God can also use medicine to heal people. That God can use doctors and medication and medicine. It's still God doing the healing, but God is using medicine. You know, going going to a doctor or taking medication isn't a lack of faith. Sometimes that's what the Lord uses. And, And we seek Him first. We pray that He heals. We pray that He uses the medication or uses the doctors. Uh, but ultimately He's the He's the healer. He's the great physician. And he can just do it sovereignly by speaking a word, or he can use Johns Hopkins to do it. And either way, he gets the glory. It's him. He makes the medicine work. So verse 22, And Hezekiah had said, What is the sign that I shall go up to the house of the Lord? And then chapter 39, At that time, Merodach Baladam. How do you like that name? The son of Baladam. <laughs> King of Babylon sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that he had been sick and had recovered. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. 
We'll have more from this message in a moment. But first, we'd like to tell you about an exciting resource available this Christmas season. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you more. Christmas can be a very busy time of year for most of us, and in our busyness, we can forget the reason for the season, Jesus Christ. So my wife, Cameron, wrote a wonderful daily devotional called 31 Days of December. This simple devotional is written for women and is designed to help you keep Jesus at the center of your Christmas season. We would be happy to mail you a copy as our thank you for your investment of any amount in this daily radio ministry. To receive your copy of 31 Days of December, visit our website at calvaryec.com and click on Give. Now, let's finish today's message. This is really uh, the first time now that we're introduced to Babylon. Babylon's mentioned before this, but this is when Babylon now comes into the picture. Up to now, Assyria has been the the superpower in the world in our study of Isaiah. Assyria is passing off the scene. Babylon will become the world's superpower. Babylon will uh, destroy Jerusalem and Judah and take them away into captivity. So this is where now Babylon is first mentioned. Babylon comes into the, the picture. At this point, though, Assyria is still the world's superpower. Babylon is just a small tribal nation in the Assyrian Empire. They're going to become a superpower, you know, more than a hundred years after this. We're still a long way away, you know, at least from kind of our perspective, from Babylon becoming the world's superpower that, that invades Judah and destroys Jerusalem. They're just a little tribal nation at this point from a great distance away. And Babylon sent a delegation to Hezekiah, it says, because they had heard he had been sick and he had recovered from his sickness. Now, if you're taking notes, Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 31, a parallel passage to this. It says there in 2 Chronicles 32.31 that Babylon sent this delegation, listen, to inquire about the wonder that had been done, the miracle. That's what the word wonder means. They send this group of ambassadors to inquire about the miracle that had happened to Hezekiah. They come all the way from Babylon because they want to know about the miracle. They've heard about this miracle, that he was near death, and then he was healed, and they're there because they want to know about that miracle. Tell us how you were healed. We heard that you were near death and that somehow, miraculously, you were healed. We want to know how you were healed. What happened? Tell us about how you were healed. This is a great opportunity, isn't it? For King Hezekiah to tell them about the God that healed him. The one true God, Yahweh. The God who heals. The God who delivers from death. But instead, look what Isaiah does. Look at Hezekiah. Look what Hezekiah does. In verse 2. They want to know about the miracle. And Hezekiah was pleased with them and showed them the house of his treasures. 
the silver and gold, the spices and precious ointment, and all his armory, all that was found among his treasures. There was nothing in his house or in his dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. See how many times the word his is used in verse 2. These ambassadors come because they want to learn about the miracle of Hezekiah's healing. And instead of telling them about the God who healed him and the miraculous healing, life-giving God, Hezekiah instead showed them all of his riches, all of his stuff. He wants the Babylonians to be impressed with him, not with his God. And he shows them all of the wealth that he has and all of the greatness and abundance that he has instead of telling them about his God. And in the process, he shows all of his riches to his enemy. He doesn't know yet that they are his enemy. But now they know what he's got. And these ambassadors are going to go back to Babylon and tell the king all about all the riches they've got down there in Judah. And that is going to encourage Babylon to come down and conquer that land to take all of the riches from them. Listen to this in 2 Chronicles chapter 32. You can just listen. You don't have to turn there. But 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 27 It says, Hezekiah had very great riches and honor, and he made himself treasures for silver, for gold, for precious stones, for spices, for shields, and for all kinds of desirable items. He had storehouses for the harvest of grain, wine, and oil. So he's got all these storehouses, these warehouses. He had stalls for all kinds of livestock, and folds for flocks. Moreover, he provided cities for himself and possessions of flocks and herds and abundance, for God had given him very much property. He was very, very rich, very, very blessed by God. And he showed them the riches instead of telling them about the God that prospered him and the God who healed him. So now... Verse 3, then Isaiah the prophet went to King Hezekiah and said to him, what did these men say? And from where did they come to you? And Hezekiah said, notice what he says, they came to me from a far country called Babylon. (laughs) they're, they're, They're from a far country. They're not from anywhere around here. They're, they live really far away. They're no, they're no threat to us. It's a place called Babylon. Nothing to worry about. And he said, what have they seen in your house? And so Hezekiah answered, they have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. Hezekiah was foolish. He was foolish to show them all these treasures. He doesn't know them. They're strangers. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, verse 5, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house, and notice, and what your fathers have accumulated, 
until this day. Hezekiah didn't get all that treasure. His fathers accumulated it. The day is coming when it shall be carried to Babylon and nothing shall be left. Again, this is over 100 years away when this is going to happen. 120 years. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. Verse 7, And they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget. Remember, he doesn't have any sons at this point. So he finds out now that he is going to have some sons, but they're going to be carried away to Babylon as slaves. And they shall be eunuchs and the palace of the king of Babylon. And so he he learns here that he will have sons, plural. But they're going to be carried away to Babylon along with all of his riches. Look at verse 8. So Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord which you have spoken is good. For he said, At least there will be peace and truth in my day. (laughs) What a terrible response. He says here, Well, at least it's not going to happen in my lifetime. It's not going to happen to me. All that Hezekiah cares about at this point in his life is himself and his own personal comfort, and his own personal success. And as long as this bad stuff doesn't happen to him, it's going to happen to a future generation. that's, that's, That's fine with him. Now Hezekiah started out as a godly king. In fact, he was one of the most godly kings in all of Judah. And his reign as king uh, overall was a, was a godly reign. But what we see here with Hezekiah is he didn't finish well. He didn't finish well. He started out right. He started out godly. But he doesn't finish his life well. He, he, was, he was given 15 years extra on his life. And in those extra years, he became very self-focused and only concerned about himself and his success and his reputation and his comfort and what other people thought about him. And he didn't end well. We not only want to start the race well, but we want to finish the race well. You know, we want to keep our eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and we want, to, we want to finish well. We want to get to that finish line, still walking with Him, still focused on Him, still living for Him. Not living for ourselves, not, not living for the things of this world, or living for material things, or wealth, or all those things where now we get, we get off track, and we get sidetracked, and we get away from seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Instead, we're seeking first our kingdom and our selfishness and living for what's in it for me and my happiness and my comfort and not living for the kingdom of God. We want to finish well. We want to end the race well. We want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. He asked me how I know and I 
We're so glad you joined us today for Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear additional teachings from this series, they're available to you for free at calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way you will have access to each message as soon as it's made available online. That website again is calvaryec.com. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, we'd love for you to worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. Again, that phone number is 410-491-4592. We look forward to you joining us as our guests. And please, take a moment to introduce yourself to Pastor Dan after the service and let him know you listen to Ring of Truth. With that, our time with you has come to an end today on Ring of Truth. Join Pastor Dan next time for more from this verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Isaiah, right here on Ring of Truth.